You want to see something scary? I'll show you something scary. Cactus Jack Invader in combat when it lands on one of its many ghoulish haunting matches. That's not gonna be scary. If you can't come up with something better than that, we are the Okay. Okay. I've had it, alright? You guys want to be really scared? Get a load of this. Let's get this podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com. The only place to be in your pop culture world. By popular demand, Place to Be Nation Wrestling returns to the Dirty South for talking WCW, an episodic wrestler showcase designed to educate, evaluate, and entertain, with matches spanning the intimate stage of Techwood Studios to the heights of Space Mountain. Talking WCW presents the best worst and most surreal offerings from world championship wrestling so cast your gaze to the turner tron with hosts jennifer smith tim capel and greg phillips hi welcome to talking wcw my name is jennifer smith i'm here with the Pumpkin to my jack-o'-lantern. I don't know. Tim Capel. Mm. How you doing, Tim? I was hoping I'd be the, the pumpkin to your Bobby Eaton tonight. Oh, shit. Uh, I said that. But that's okay. Uh, I got long Jennifer. Time. Jennifer, Mistress of the Dark. Oh, um, you, you know, we, we're here for, I mean, we're making all these very topical references because we have a topical show <laughs> for you guys. You're on talking WCW, and before we get into it, we've got to bring in our third seat, who is a man who is just as fine an individual as Bobby Eaton, and and that is Greg Phillips. Greg, how are you doing this fine, crisp fall evening? I, I was having a bit of a rough day, but then that just brightened my spirits. Comparing me to a to a to a, a minch like a, like Bobby Eaton, that's good stuff. Oh, a sweetheart. It's accurate. Very, very sweetheart. And and uh, and let me just say, I'm I am ready for spooky season, as I mm. <laughs> on Twitter. Season, yeah. And so uh, that I think it's appropriate that we uh, that we that we set the stage for such here today. 
Are you also ready for gray sweatpants season, oh. as, as it's known? Yes. I don't, tell me more about gray sweatpants season. Well, it is what it is. It's it's just as it sounds. You This is the time of year that you, particularly um, you, Greg, no, that um, <laughs> that young men wear uh, gray sweatpants um, to their men, heart's desire. Men, middle-aged men, all, all the men. Well, yeah, uh, it, it doesn't discriminate. Um, How long does but, this? Uh, yeah, it, it lasts. Uh, I mean, as, as long as as long as you can tolerate it. Um, I, I think many spectators would like for it to last um, year round. Quite frankly, I feel like it should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's appropriate. I mean, I, I think that I, I think that in certain areas, we live in Alaska. You could probably wear gray sweatpants all year round. Mm, yeah, I don't know a about layers, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but what do you guys? You guys got have any any great Halloween costumes picked out for our for our spooky holiday extravaganza coming up? Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna go uh, as one of the Guar characters. I felt like. Ooh. Yeah. What about you, Lord Lord Humongous over here? Yeah. Um, I uh, I was just gonna wear gray sweatpants actually. Oh, um, oh that's ex- that's good. Yeah, yeah um, maybe I'll get some ideas from from this podcast actually from oh, these matches. Yeah. There you go. go. What about you, Greg? I'm you, going. Uh, you... I, I'm going as Millard Fillmore. <laughs> oh, all right. Our um, yeah, celebrated uh, president. Yeah. yeah. Don't ask Instantly me. To... recognizable. True. Yeah, mm-hmm. the kid. I, I want. I wanted a costume that kids could learn from. Mm-hmm. As well as be frightened by. Yes. <laughs> you can think no better than President Fillmore. Agreed. That sounds horrifying. All right. We've uh, we've covered a lot of ground here already. Yeah. Betty. <laughs> Proud of us. Um, all right. So the topic of this month's show is Halloween Havoc. Uh, this was – was this chosen by you, Jenny? Yes, it was. All right. I'm glad to get that right. For a chance, it's it's kind of become a running a bit that I just get that wrong, and I I hope people think that I do it on purpose, even though I don't, um, because it is sort of funny. Even though I don't did it on purpose, even though you don't. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So this was Jenny's pick. I mean, I, I would ask you why you chose it, but I mean, it seems kind of obvious. Um, we were smart about it. We gave ourselves time for this one, so that that's why we're uh, we're recording this in September, um, you know, and and we have plenty of time to get it out to the airwaves. The interesting thing about our show is that we have covered uh, a fair amount of matches from Halloween Havoc. Uh, mm-hmm. You could say. The good matches. Um, <laughs> uh, what that leaves us with is well. um, uh, the more colorful and uh, interesting matches. The more suitably um, appropriate matches. Yeah. Uh, the more absurd shit, let's just say it. So, themed, themed themes, matches, perhaps. Yes. So... It did take me a minute because I'm like, oh shit, uh, which one of these fucking shit shows am I gonna choose? And I ended up with Havoc '89 and the Thunderdome. From- and I'm yeah. glad you did. I'm glad you did, Jenny, because yeah. you saved us from from having mm-hmm. a complete uh, a complete terrifyingly <laughs> agonizing 
always have a guest though. Yeah, because there's uh, there's a lot to get into with this, but it ended up being like way better than I thought it would be. Yeah. And we just did, we just covered Muda, so, you know, I'm like, well, maybe that's too much Muda too soon, but then, nah, I decided I didn't give a fuck. You could never have too much Muda. Nah, why not? I kind of like when that happens. I feel like that happens with this show sometimes. Mm-hmm. We get we get into a certain mood for, for a certain wrestler. We watch a bunch of their matches, and you'd think we'd be done with them after after a, a dedicated episode, and then it's like, oh, I, I still want to talk about uh, this other match, too, and yeah. it spills over into the next show. So uh, that's what happened here. Yeah, we get another another Muda match, um, and this is um, hmm, no, I don't want I don't want to give this factoid away just yet, but um, mm, yeah, this is a, a a factoid. Yeah, not a fact, it's a factoid. All right, uh, this is the inaugural edition of Halloween Havoc, first one they ever did. It's the main event, as he said, um, in the Thunderdome. It, uh, <laughs> I mean, how many contributions in the Thunder Cage, right? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Let's put it when we say the Thunder, the Thunder Cage, the Thunderdome. We're not referring to a, an audience of monitors, no. Uh, right, as no. we saw a couple of years ago, uh, we're not. Other company. We're talking about a dangerous structure <laughs> inspired mm. by inspired by what was the movie series it was inspired by? Um, uh, Mad Max. Yeah. The yes. Thunderdome. And now we have the Thunderdome Cage or the Thunder Cage, whatever the hell they call it. Anyway, point being, it's this structure <laughs> that is uh, made of metal, and it and it's designed in a cage-like manner. Uh, and well. and as the bars, a la the WWF cages of the time, it's got like bars that allow you to like have a lot of room to step on and climb. But <laughs> here's the great irony of them having these climbable bars. There's no point to the bars. <laughs> Hopes in. So the right. Has a ceiling. There's no escape. There's no Begging door. the question, why in God's name would you ever climb this thing? <laughs> I don't know. No one knows. But we'll 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 talk more when we Great get question. to the later, man. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll tell you why. Don't worry. You've got uh, you've got sparks. You got electrified top of the case. Yes. Anyone tries to escape, as if it wasn't hard enough already, they'll get electrified to death <laughs> trying to climb out of the cage. So. You don't want that to happen, for sure. No. So There's also a lot of random shit adorning this yes. cage. That's um, the part about the cage. Besides the electricity is, like, skulls, um, spider webs. Yeah, spider webs. Mm-hmm. Like, There's a big Tarzan rope hanging down. Yes. yes. Yeah, I was going to say, some of it more functional than, than others. The, the rope actually comes into play. Um, but some of this other crap is just sort of like... Again, it's it's right out of uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So many contributions to the great sport of professional wrestling from uh, from this film series. It's it's uh, pretty yeah. remarkable. Uh, we got the Road Warriors. We got Lord Humongous. We got uh, right there. The yeah. So we got so many things from it. All right. So we got Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and Muda, and. Uh, Poor Gary Michael Capetta uh, on his bullshit as usual. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you mentioned him. <laughs> I can't help but mention it. I mean, this guy. I have. I listen. The way you feel about Nick Patrick is the way I feel about Gary. <laughs> <laughs> 
But at least you have a hilarious impression. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is the Thunderdome cage match, or whatever the hell it's called. (laughs) The only way to win this contest is to apply the submission or surrender. What the hell? What? (laughs) What do you mean? He must. Um, (laughs) Well. We they yeah, have terminators it's, as well. And they have designated left. terminators. Yes, Terminate, terminators. That's the I couldn't terminators. remember the terminators. I wrote I down what the about fuck this. are they talking about? And they really <laughs> explained the terminators in this case. <laughs> I had forgotten about this. I I I had blocked out Gary Capetta's voice <laughs> from my head, and at the end of the match, Jim Ross and Bob Connell are talking about terminators, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Because Gary Hart has a white towel, and right. Ollie Anderson has a white towel, so they are the ones that determine who loses the match. Yes, they're not. They are the designated terminators. terminators. They're the terminators. They will terminate the match by There's throwing. There's definitely no other per- way you could have described that other than no. terminator. And it's very important in a no disqualification match right. to have a special referee. Right. Uh, uh, Bruno mm-hmm. San Martino, in this case, um, yes. weirdly, I guess, uh, was <laughs> Bruno. Can you imagine thought? Bruno San what he must have thought? <laughs> well, I mean, I could, that was another one of my notes. Like, poor Bruno. What <laughs> Does he think he's stroking out? <laughs> oh, man. He, um, yeah, I mean, a rare, kind of rare WCW appearance from Bruno in the first place. But to have him out here doing this, he's. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, some of the I, I'm trying to compare it to some of the WWF stuff you would have witnessed, but it all probably fails in comparison to this. While at right. least while he was an active competitor, I mean, this is pretty out there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he you would think he would be more of a presence uh, in this, but he really isn't. He's just well, sort of one spot. He, he's actually really well used. I thought. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's it's what I love about him is the fact that he doesn't like get in the way of anything. Right. Yeah. Right. Compared right. To, uh, who was it that was the guest referee at Flair and Harley Race at the first Starcade? Gene oh. Mm, yeah. 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 So oh Jesus Christ! That is rage inducing. I hate that. Anyway, another aspect of this, while because it takes a while, like everybody, there's four guys. You have all these interests. Mm. You got to get the cage down. So. Gary Michael's doing his fucking shit, and then so you got Bob Caudle. <laughs> so he is very concerned about the electricity. He hates electricity. He hates electricity. Very scared of electricity, and it is the source of constant amusement throughout this whole match. When he gets so nervous when anybody goes near the electricity. Yep. You know, Jim. Uh, when I was a boy, we didn't have electricity, and I, I've been afraid of it ever since. He doesn't I don't, trust I don't, it. I don't even have an electric television. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Everyone I'm has their phobias. Fuck you know? over it because yeah. the match is happening anyway. <laughs> yeah, we should mention our, our commentators, uh, Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. Um, uh, you know, I've never loved um, this period of Jim Ross here in WCW, and to pair him with with Bob, it's just it's one of those, you know. We, I'm not sure we could have had a more like milquetoast pairing than than these guys on commentary. <laughs> to, to commentate this fucking spectacle, and, and to, bullshit. To you, I, yeah, 
Yeah. To illustrate it, we have we have Jim Ross saying, "Oh my gosh." Mm. Yeah. If Jim Ross is not violating every commandment under the <laughs> sun in his commentary, I don't want to hear it. I wanted yeah. to hear, "Son of a bitch! God damn it! What the hell?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apologizing to the viewers at home, right? And his mother. Also, before the thing even starts, the cage catches on fire. Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, it's electrified, you know. Look, it's, you know, it's dangerous. DNA would learn their lesson from that and decide to have a completely unelectrified, electrified cage. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so Flair and Funk start out on this. They have so much heat. Like, they seem to really fucking hate each other. Um, And it just comes across in all these... 4,000 chops that are in this match. Very mm. chop-heavy, which is sort of infuriating when you have this giant cage to play with. I'm okay with it at first because they start out with a lot of this flare chop stuff. But increasingly, I'm like, okay, we we got to move on during the match. Anyway, mm-hmm. like, like I should probably do here. So typical Sting and Flair offense, um, just dominating most of the match at first. Um, Funk just gets his ass beat. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, both Funk and Muda briefly have words with Bruno at some point in the match. Like they are, I mean, it's not, it's not prolonged. It's just like a slap. I think, I think Bruno slaps Muda and then Funk fucks with him a little bit later. So there's a lot of tension there. Um, Sting just fucking picks up Muda at one point and throws him into Funk. Um, just bashes him into Funk and then picks him up and hits him with a suplex. Yeah. Finally, Muda gets some offense on Sting and then on Flair. Um, on commentary, they start listing all of everybody's moves because that's basically how you're going to win. <laughs> Right, with your is there reasoning? Yeah, mm-hmm. so they talk the figure four, um, they talk whatever, whatever with everybody. Uh mostly Flair and Sting stuff. Which I which I did kind of enjoy. Do uh, Funk and Flair really hate each other in real life? No. Um I don't think so. I don't think they ever had any legit heat. But but to your point, um they really do match the int- the intensity right from the bell yes. of where they left off at, at Great American Bash, which, yep. I mean, that had such a hot, chaotic finish. You know, even though Flair goes over, that's where you get the, the Muda interference and then mm-hmm. Sting coming out to make the save, which, which really sets up this this um, this match here. And um, it's such a great finish to a, a really beloved pay-per-view and it just feels like, I mean, and that was months ago, right? That was in the summer. We're now in late fall, and um, it just feels like they, they hadn't missed a beat. And that's what I, I really enjoyed so much mm-hmm. about this match is is that intensity um, that they've just carried right on through from the summer. And it really, it's not – oh, go ahead. Also, I was just saying, it, really, it really felt chaotic. It feels mm-hmm. like it feels like a mm-hmm. fight between four, right. between – Two guys against two guys, and they uh, the, these pairings just hate each other like with a right. pack, and uh, and it's 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 a lot of uh, it just feels like a fight like a, like a they're all just fighting and scratching and clawing their way around this this structure and really it's really less about the structure and more about just the physical violence within the ring. Um, yeah, 
that's what carries it for the most part of the first. <laughs> like, because me, if I'm watching a cage match, I want to see them use the cage, right? But what they were doing was like, it was, I was enjoying it, but I was also annoyed by it. Because I wanted them to get to the fuckery. But they were so good in what they were doing here, like you guys said, with all the with all the heat, that it felt like a really engrossing fight as well. Every everybody's good here, but the guy yes. that makes Terry Funk, yes, the, uh, him hanging around, hanging off the cage and flopping around the ring and 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 taking simple taking simple shots and just bumping like crazy off of him and just looking like he's on his deathbed at every given moment. It, it's uh. Uh, I he he's he's all four guys are awesome here. Yes. But he's 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 the standout to me. He takes a tremendous shit kicking in this match. He really does. Yeah, I mean, he always he's great selling in, in really any match, but here um, he he looks real good. Um, getting his ass kicked, which he does throughout most of this, whether it's you know. Uh, Flair, you know, getting his heat back, or, or even Sting getting his licks in. I. We talked last month on our dedicated Muda episode how cool it was to see Flair mix it up with Muda, um, a guy he hadn't really had a sustained feud with in 1989. So they had that pretty cool TV match, and I found myself sort of thinking the same here. It's like it's cool to see Sting mix it up with uh, Funk, and I, I wanted to see some more from them. So it made me curious to go out and see, like, did they have any, like, forgotten TV matches or anything, and it doesn't really seem to be the case. But anyway, um, neither team really seems to have, like, a, a sustained advantage at any point throughout this. As, to Greg's point, it's, it's very chaotic. And, I, you know, I, a lot of times that can be hard to keep up with as a viewer, but I thought it had a really nice flow. Um, they didn't do any convoluted spots where – you know, two guys go on the outside and disappear for half the match, and then, you know, then they have right. to pair off. You know, that, I kind of hate spots like that where it's just – it's a glorified singles match where they're just playing musical chairs. Yeah, this group, um, uh, like a like a, a, a chaotic Texas Tornado tag match where right. everybody's kind of trading off with each other. It, yeah, there, there's not that sort of one-on-one -on -one aspect. It's It's a four-man brawl the whole time. Or as Jim Ross put it, an Australian rules yeah, tag match. It was supposed to be. It was supposed rules. to be an Australian rules match, and now it's turned into a Texas Tornado rules match. <laughs> that has to be another nod to Road Warrior, right? Because Australian movie, you know, oh, the famous shit. famous import. Uh, it's got to be. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Uh, it should be a Tarzan rules match because. Well, yeah. Uh, they Funk gets hung in the corner with the rope, and then Sting uh, takes the rope and slams into him uh, over and over again. Uh, and then Sting gets caught up in the rope and tied to the cage for right. a little bit of the match. At one point, Muda just goes under the ring. Um, <laughs> he just disappears. <laughs> Um, and then slides back out, but as soon as he attacks Flair, the camera cuts back over to Funk hanging over in the corner. Mm. So we don't really get to see that. Um, oh, okay, this pile driver on Flair um, was brutal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a nice spot. Yeah. They kind of move back out from the cage back into the ring to start to work each other over like there's a Muda lock in there. That was awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Um, then Muda starts trying to climb the cage, and he starts getting shocked with electricity. Bob Cobble, <laughs> very concerned. Um, I feel like he's like backing away with his chair, you know, like he's physically putting yeah. distance between him and any electricity. I've seen this happen before, Jim. That's electricity. I hate it, and I don't <laughs> trust it. Yeah, if I had any uh, criticisms of this match, it would be, um, to your point, Jenny, like you wanted to see more more of the cage come into play yes. in, in terms of like brutal violence, I'm guessing. And what we saw was a lot of cage climbing, which, as you guys pointed out, is pretty pointless in a match like this. Um I guess you do it just for the sake of doing it. That's sort of a sting signature spot. But it, I just thought there was, like, kind of too much of that. Like, Sting in particular spent way too much time climbing the cage, swinging on the rope, whatever, which, doing whatever with the rope. And it was just kind of like, all right, we get it. You know, it's like, but, that's, you know, let's try to bring it back down to earth a little bit. But then um, he fucking springs from the cage into the damn ring like a fucking crazy – Jaguar or something. Yeah, and stuff like that was cool. Um, yeah. But when he's just kind of hanging on the outside of the cage, it's like, you know, you're not going to accomplish anything, right? It's just like we're just – this is just a visual spot that, that serves no purpose. It, it felt like to me this would have worked perhaps better. I loved, I liked the match a lot, but I, I kept thinking, yeah. like, couldn't this have just been a regular, like, cage match? Did they really mm. – did the electricity or the curved top add anything to this match at all? Well, like, it's not Mad Max if we don't do that. <laughs> that it's not be, Halloween if we don't do a, a gimmick cage match. Yeah. I guess yeah, I guess that's true. That's a good point. Good point. Or even just you gotta te- dress up your cage. Texas tornado tag match or something. Yeah. It, it, it right, yeah. Nonetheless. I agree. It has well, it's a good match for sure. Flair finally gets Funk in the figure four, and Sting starts splashing him a couple times. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was that was sick. Um, and then Bruno just destroys Muda. <laughs> it just knocks him. The yeah, fuck. Muda comes in and kind of randomly seems to try to fuck with uh, yeah. Bruno for some reason, yeah. and Bruno's not having it. And then so Oli comes in. <laughs> He's carrying his towel. Hart tries to get in the ring. <laughs> Oli, like, punches him and sort of bounces him off the ropes. Hart very comically flings his arms backwards, and the towel flies from his hand. And Bruno yeah. sees it, and so he has flung in the towel, and he calls it <laughs> for Flair and Sting. Um, Feels like a bit of a technicality, but all right. Yeah, it's setting up. It's setting up the I Quit match between Funk and uh, Flair at Clash of the Champions because now Funk can say, "Well, you had me, Flair, but I never quit. Mm-hmm. I quit. I didn't quit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was my power. designated Terminator <laughs> called it for me. I didn't quit. And uh, and so it sets that up. But there was also a spot during the match where did you guys notice this? Where Sting picked up Muda in a press and just held him up there. Yes, for like an hour, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. And then I got mad because he didn't throw him into the cage. I know, I kept thinking (laughs) he was going to throw him into the cage, and then it's like... like, that's cool. It's like he he second-guessed himself, and he's like, well, really make it? If I throw him, will he really make it all the way? Well, that's true. Uh, I didn't think about that. (laughs) But But he would. I mean, goddamn, it's thing. He's got all that ass He's exactly. gonna throw Muda at least twenty yards. Yeah, have to mm-hmm. have to use the sting ass for something. Jumping and throwing. Jumping and throwing. Right. 
works very well. Uh, but no, uh, I I love I really love this match just because I love these guys. These right. four guys at this time, they were they could do no wrong. They were they were four excellent, exciting wrestlers that you know Flair and Funk knew how to bring the hate. Muda and Sting knew how to bring the athleticism. It, to me, it was a, a match made in heaven. I would stop short of saying I loved it. Um, I I I think this is a super fun match. And I, if I had any criticisms, it's it's really just again the kind of the weird um, all the climbing spots and all the acrobatics from Sting. Even though I know that's signature Sting stuff, it just sort of annoys me. I think I also could have done with some more submission teases because um, these guys are all pretty accomplished bona fide submission wrestlers. I mean, whether you got Flair and, and Sting with the figure four and, and Scorpion Deathlock, um, the Muda lock, as you mentioned, Jenny, does come into play at one point briefly. That always looks badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Funk does like that spinning toe hold, which oh. I always thought was a stupid move, but I mean, <laughs> at least oh, at least try to put it over, you know, just at least <laughs> yeah, I mean, just try to do something with it. I mean, you can get some heat out of that. Um, they don't really do a lot of that. It's it's more, um, it's a lot more kinetic, you know, than it is uh, mat slash submission based. So, I don't know. I think I could have done with, um, you know, the best of both worlds, maybe. But um, as as it stands, I mean, it's a super super watchable match. If you've never seen it, check it out. Um, it, it's not like you'll be sitting there disappointed or, or bored waiting for something to happen. It's um, fast-paced, non-stop action, uh, really, really good stuff here in 89 WCW. I just think it's like a cool mix of, like, absolutely crazy-ass ridiculousness in this Thunderdome, and then, like, sort of hard-hitting, badass wrestling in the ring. Mm-hmm. And, and how they mixed it up is just odd, but... I don't know. I think they really went for it. Like, I think they were, I, I appreciate the, the effort, you know, and what they were trying to do and, you know, mix it up and do a gimmick. You know, I, I love that shit. So yeah, I ended I up loving this a lot. I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I do think that the, the, the weird gimmick was unnecessary and the match could have been even better maybe without it, but I loved it too. I I just love the the chaos. The fact that it was chaos, but it didn't feel like a like a modern day chaos match where mm-hmm. Emma's point earlier where they kind of stand around. I mean, I like I can appreciate those too. But the, there's this one didn't come off like they were all waiting on big things to happen. You know, they weren't standing around waiting on spots and stuff like that. They were fighting. And, oh no, and yeah. I really I really appreciated that. And you know, who knows. If I'd put your ass in that spinning toe hole, Ric Flair, you banana nose bastard. Uh, <laughs> but it, it banana it, nose? I've never heard that one. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a famous uh, Terry Funk. Uh, oh, I miss that. Ric yeah, Flair, Terry you horse-toothed horse tooth banana nose bastard. <laughs> horse tooth. He is not. Dusty Rose, sucking <laughs> Terry Funk's thing is to alternate between with his insults. He does a weird thing where he like he he starts out very PG thirteen, yeah. honestly very PG, 
And then just goes way over the top at the end where he's like, you son of a bitch, your mother's a whore and your daughter fucks dogs. Oh, man. When he said they tell him, they Foley, you hear me, Cactus? Your wife's a whore, Cactus. Your children are bastards, Cactus. Yeah. He just goes Die, way too... He does. He did. <laughs> yeah, that was what they were feuding in that uh, ECW revival. In oh, God. And tell him, tell him he's trying to get Mick Foley to fight him. Your children are bastards. Fuck. Your wife's a whore. I mean, one minute I'm I'm horse faced. I'm oh, I'm horse faced. I'm I've got a banana nose. The next I'm you know. Oh, giving birth to bastards and <laughs> trying to pleasure whores and just. That's I mean, he just goes way way. It just there's there's no transition from from. Nope. From one to the you other. Sit there, Terry. Listen, Terry. You can't call me banana nose. <laughs> you can't go that far. Um, it's like talking about right. baldness. My nose is my nose. <laughs> Listen, everybody knows Terry's bald. You can't. Say it. <laughs> I might have a big nose, but you can't say it. You gotta beat the. Uh, Nothing. Can't talk about my lipoma either. Nobody talked about it. Um, <laughs> and nobody which he kind of he kind of does have as early as 1989. I should point out. He, yes, yes, he, yes. You do see a, a small. A if you know what to look for, yeah. Even even if I had noticed earlier on the show that even in 1989, Lex Luger couldn't bend his knees properly. No, no, he couldn't. Oh. He just. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this match, this match, uh, this match was fantastic, and we will go ahead. And, I will go ahead and 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 let the 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 audience in on a on a not a prediction, but a spoiler that the rest of the matches on this show <laughs> not follow this example. Perhaps not. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so that leads us to you, Tim. I believe. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna take it just uh, two years later. To the uh, UTC Arena in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is the 1991 edition of Halloween Havoc, and uh, boy, we're off to a hot start here. It's it's Eric Bischoff um, outside the arena, outside the UTC Arena, uh, where he we just catch a glimpse of of Cactus Jack and Abdul the Butcher pulling up. They're going to be competitors in the match uh, we're about to talk about, um, and then just right on their heels, you get. Uh, the Diamond Stud, aka Scott Hall, how about it? Uh, with his then manager, Scott, Diamond Dallas so Page. I, I'm the one that gave him that name, the Diamond Stud. <laughs> Rick is still with us, very good. Uh, we, we get, uh, another, um, appearance from Barry Wyndham. It, it's just like the, it's like a, uh, rolling out the red carpet here, um, in Chattanooga as all these guys arrive. Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes pull up, looking very stylish. And this gives us that classic bit where uh, the enforcers, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco, slam the car door on Barry's arm. And that is going to earn Larry Zabisco the nickname of the Cruncher. Oh, he's the Cruncher. Yeah. I mean, to think of it, I mean, I guess you got to give Larry Zabisco something, right? Uh, That's going to take. Legend. Later. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, they do that too, but I guess the cruncher they was. They do that here. 
That was he wasn't was, a legend or barely yeah. alive or or living. The crap. <laughs> um, what was so he wearing? Take, oh, oh god, god. yeah. <laughs> segment was just taking my eyes off of everything that was happening. All I we can do, do two hours of the outfits. Well, easily. Yeah, the, the wardrobe choices are really <laughs> something here for 1991. Um, this takes Barry Windham out of the equation. So I, I, I gather he was going to compete here on the show, perhaps in the match. I think they alluded to, but is, uh, you know, no longer fit to complete, complete to compete with the, uh, the broken, <laughs> arm, the broken wrist. So, all right, that's going to bring us our opening match on this show. It kind of seems like it should be more of a, um, shall we say, featured bout, maybe maybe a main event, you know, something along the lines of a, of a war game. The problem being, this is the Chamber of Horrors match. Mm-hmm. And the Chamber of Horrors match has such an elaborate setup required that you really can't set up for it mid-show. Um, short of no. doing like a 30 minute intermission, I guess, which, you know, some promotions are just fine with, uh, these days. <laughs> um, but no, this, this is a pay per view and this is a national company. So we've got to just open with the damn thing. We've got to open yeah. with the Chamber of Horrors. We've got to have it ready to go. We we've can disassemble the thing. Go ahead. I've always said this, guys. I've always said this from the first. <laughs> Of this, we did. If you're going to execute a wrestler on national television, you have to do it at the beginning of the show. <laughs> right, right. Got to, got to lead yeah, with up that. Front. Yeah, lead with the murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we can take it apart, but we can't assemble it in the course of of the show itself. So, um, here, here are our teams, you guys. Again, this is somewhat reminiscent of of like a, a war games, but gussied up because it's Halloween. Uh, team one is going to be represented by El Guillante, the Steiner brothers, and Sting. Once again, we get another nice. Sting appearance here. Now, team two, as they're called, is going to be the van they call Vader, mm-hmm. the aforementioned Diamond Stud, and the aforementioned Cactus Jack and Abdullah the Butcher. Um, entrances for this, I took down i took note of um are kind of a shit show um <laughs> why, why because for some reason el guillante is out first okay for his team we'll just call them the face team and then they bring out like all of the heels and then they bring out the rest of the face i'm like what what why and it just i'm like are they like going in alphabetical order so it's like no that can't be it, just, it makes no I've never seen anything like it. It makes nope. no sense whatsoever. It's just, Greg, do you have an explanation for this? Uh, I think it was in order of which they arrived inside the building. Perhaps so. Perhaps so. Just whoever was ready. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we saw a uh, stud and... matter because they just start fighting immediately, so you don't know. It's yeah, I, I was going to say, so Sting is the last person out. In the middle of uh, his entrance, um, he just starts getting into it with with Cactus, just on the entrance way. And and that just leads to an all-out brawl. Yes. Before the match even starts, they announce that the match, one of the rules of the match is it must be contained all within the Chamber of Wars. Ah, yeah. First thing Uh, to start out the Chamber of Wars. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. 
once again, and if you haven't seen a Chamber of Horrors match, um, you're going to have uh, another ring enclosed by a cage, um, and, you know, kind of Hell in a Cell style. Uh, and we also have sort of surrounding the ring. This this doesn't come into play, but maybe on one occasion during the match. We have um, a number of coffins. Mm-hmm. And these coffins uh, actually contain hidden assailants um, oh, who right. will uh, rise up and, and attack our, our uh, participants. We have uh, a lot of plunder as well, which are <laughs> referred to as implements of torture available to the competitors. Those are kind of scattered ringside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the object of the match, okay, so try to follow um, – at a certain point, seems completely arbitrary. At a certain point during the match, um, a literal electric chair will be lowered from the ceiling. <laughs> more electricity. More electricity, Jenny. Bob Thank God, be Bob. Appalled. Bob had to just sit this one out. Yeah, I he mean, couldn't he just, this shit. Mm-mm. He would lose it. So that will the electric chair will be deposited in the middle of the ring. Um you will place uh, your opponent of choice, just one opponent of choice, in the electric chair, strap them in, uh, and then uh, climb the the outside, the inside of the cage, I should say, to a lever, a strategically placed lever, throw the lever, and then have <laughs> that man be electrocuted and executed on live television. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the idea. Seems Electricity right. will pass through his body until he is dead. Until he is expired. <laughs> or sufficiently jolted. Um, and they don't, they definitely, they definitely are not making it out that a person is going to die here. Um, they're just like, well, you know, he's going to get a jolt and that's going to be how you win the match. But, uh, it does look like an electric chair in All in good fun. All in good fun. And we're going to capture that. The action with a, a reefer cam. I mean, a reefer. A, re, a, a reefer cam, yes. Reefer so, cam. Among the many gimmicks. Oh, my God. How many gimmicks have we already described for this Seven match? We have, and we haven't even got it all. We haven't even got it all. The the debuting um, referee, referee cam, which is sort of like a, a 1991 GoPro, I guess, <laughs> that is strapped to the referee's head. Um through with which we can, yeah, with a helmet, yeah, complete with a helmet, um, and that's how we're going to follow the action. So, yeah, um, and also, interesting. Don't, don't forget, yeah, at at a, at our seemingly arbitrary point in the match, randomly, a bunch of uh, people in white coats, and white face paint, referred to as, I suppose, the ghouls. The ghouls, yeah, the the bagouls at ringside will. Ringside, carrying a stretcher that they put mm-hmm. at ringside, and they're and they're kneeling, and they and again they are I suppose the ghouls. They're the I suppose the ghouls come to collect the souls of whoever ends of the up damned. in the chair yes. of the damned. Yes, and they're in scrubs. <laughs> you know, I like the concept of the refer eye cam. Yes. Unfortunately, in execution, it it comes no. across. I mean, it is somewhat fitting because it's it's kind of like a a found footage horror film, although it's a it's more of the nauseating variety. Yes. Where it's just really, really jerky camera work and, and it just um makes you want to 
do anything but but watch what's going on in front of you. I so wondered why wrestling doesn't use like more drones like the NFL does. Like mm-hmm. more That's not a bad idea. Shit like that. Um, I think that would be interesting, but because like you said, I like the idea of the cam, but ooh boy, it was rough uh, watching that shit. Yeah, thank so, God um, it wasn't the whole match. I will say that. Right. So, so that's an innovation that um, we're really not going to see too much of or any of in the years ahead. So, I guess I they had to try. Yeah, tip though. Yeah, it's it's innovative. Um, like I said, it's it's they they had to give it a shot, I suppose. With because this is this is a hard match to follow. Um, it's I mean everybody's in there all at once. There's no, uh, it's not like war games where you're you know you're doing a coin flip and having a, a waiting period or anything like that. It's you know from the bell, everybody, it's go time. Uh, just battle royal style. And once that goddamn uh, electric chair is lowered into the ring, it's so <laughs> awkward. It makes it, it so awkward to like Cactus. maneuver. It, it almost kills Cactus Jack. It, almost, <laughs> it, almost it does. Fun. I love that part. Well, and he's ready to like push back up on the cage as it's lowering. If, if Jack's not out of the way in time. <laughs> I mean, the Steiners almost kill Jack first by giving him that Doomsday DDT. Um, <laughs> just. I mean, that's not like a casual move. Jack's a big guy, and it, it's one thing to do that on, like, smaller opponents who, you know, can kind of <laughs> take it a little bit better. But, I mean, Jack, is I mean, he just crumples after after taking that, which, I mean, it looked – I'm not going to lie. It looked pretty good. It looked sick. But um, <laughs> he, he's, he's definitely feeling himself after that. And then the uh, – yeah, the, the – Electric chair is nearly lowered on top of him. Um, Sting also so he, nails him with the lid of a coffin at one point. Yeah, just Sting yeah, just throws awesome. the lid so of a cool. coffin. Yeah. That's a cool he just tosses it. He tosses it up in the air kind of vertically, and it just lands uh, flat on, on Cactus's head. Who uh, Cactus took so many unprotected uh, gimmick shots to the head that uh, he was busted open about midway through. It yeah. looked like probably hard way. Um, I, I would have to imagine, why would you blade for this when he's, you know. No, no. I, I mean, just getting wore out. Yeah. Um, Vader, too. Uh, Sting goes to town on Vader with, a, I don't know what it was, like a two-by-four or a pipe or something. And that's like in the opening minutes of the match. <laughs> um. So I mean it, it's it's got a lot of action. It's just really kind of hard to follow and keep up with. Like, the, the best part of the match to me was the beginning of the match, and then like yeah. here's yeah. the it just kind of. Well, I like the end. Oh. <laughs> well. well, yeah. So this um, quite fittingly, uh, I mean, delivers on on the premise here. We we have uh, so an aimless mess of brawling for a while until. <laughs> The heels, I mean, I can't even try to describe or do play-by-play. The heels now um, corner Rick Steiner, and then they force him into the chair. They uh, they have all succeeded in strapping him in. Uh, Cactus is on the outside. He has successfully scaled the cage, and he's ready to pull the lever. So he, he's watching his teammates, make sure they, they get Rick's all strapped in, ready to go. You know, he's got to time this properly. Well, um, Rick breaks free of the chair 
and sort of um, gingerly uh, suplexes Abdullah Butcher into the chair. Cactus seems to witness all of this, by the way, and seems to get very confused. His back was turned, but he also, he does look over um, just before he he pulls the, the lever. I guess he got confused. I mean, you know, there's a lot of... Well, look, he had his brain stocked out. Yeah, a lot of potential CT here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the the lever had the lever had fallen down. Oh God, no! Climb up and put the tape the lever back to the top. Holy shit! I didn't see that. Because WCW, I mean, I love that so much. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just fix it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. So now, uh, cactus. He throws the switch, and um, electricity passes through Abdullah the Butcher's body quite explosively. It's, uh, he catches on fire. He catches on fire. The chair catches on fire. Abdullah is, is shaking violently. Bleeding um, from the it looks ear. like he's going to explode. You know. <laughs> and that's like the last... The uh, wave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great description. That's the last we ever saw of Abdullah Butcher. He died. He died. They, ori- they originally had it planned for, to recreate the scene from Scanners, but uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> yes, be amazing. Oh my god! Wow. Um, look, there, I mean, there's not much I can add to this match. Um, it, no. It, again, if you um, I don't know that my description really does it justice. You really just have to go out and see no it. Um, there is no way to do this match justice by description. There really isn't. There really isn't. It's if it has defeated us in description, that is a fucked up match. And get, and this is the thing. That's not even all of it because after right. the, the 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 deceased <laughs> hard corpse of Abdullah the Butcher reanimates and starts yes. kicking and and slapping the ghouls. On the stage, who, by the way, did nothing this entire time. <laughs> they were there to witness. They were witness me, boys, from Mad Max. <laughs> oh, there you go. oh, shit. Yep. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At first, I thought that the, the idea of the ghouls is that they were the dudes in the coffins, and that was the purpose oh. they were going to serve, but but no. The, the only person we see in a coffin is... I think Brad Armstrong in a mask, yeah, um, <laughs> who attacked Sting at one point, but then just fucked off to the outside. Like yeah. the ghouls are something entirely different. The ghouls are, um, yeah, some kind of like apparitions that are gonna spirit uh, Abdullah's d- deceased um, soul to to the nether realm. But yeah, Abdullah is gonna reanimate and and fight them. This is some real. Undertaker Kane shit going on <laughs> yeah, here in point, 1991. At one point, Tony on commentary says maybe he woke up and realized he was in heaven and knew that he shouldn't be there. Mm, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, oh, Jesus Christ. that's deep. That's deep for Tony Schiavone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this match went places for Tony. It, sure was, did. it went a lot of places, folks. And, and I, I think you really have to see it to really do it justice. So yep. you're going to watch one match from this this show tonight. Christ Almighty. Sure <laughs> <laughs> All right. You well, listen, doing. it's um, it's a match that everybody has heard about. I mean, yes. if you if you know anything about WCW, 
and some of WCW's foibles. You've probably heard of this match. I don't know that everybody has seen it. Um, I mean, it was a while before I had even seen this match for the first time after reading endless, you know, Mick Foley's recollections of it and and his autobiography, which is, which is fantastic. You owe it to yourself. Check that out as well. Um, I mean, wrestle crap articles in like the early two thousands, this was like a legendary type entry. Um, all the online commentators from back in the day, this was just, you know, uh, uh, one of those um, all-time great follies that mm-hmm. I think we just uh, you can't help but love today. I, I don't know what viewers in 1991 necessarily made of it, but uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's it, I think it's perfect for our show. That was going to be my question to you guys. Like um, at the time, <laughs> what was the scuttle? But if any, like well, y'all yeah. Just- Went on with your life, or I guess. well, I, I was I was well, I was seven when this happened, so I, I don't think I knew that it happened. For the, I, I knew the match was going to happen, and we didn't order pay per views at that time. Mm. That was uh, that was for that was for rich folk that lived downtown. But mm. for us out in the <laughs> out in the boonies, we I waited until the Saturday morning show where they would show like still photos of what happened, mm. and I just remember seeing the I remember seeing the charred corpse of Abdullah the Butcher, <laughs> thinking, oh, that doesn't look good. I guess he's dead now. <laughs> But then he wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, I was very, I just remember being very confused. You were real torn up about it. Yeah. The, the wrestling magazines were, uh, were my go-to at that point and, and they didn't have any explanation for it that was worth anything. <laughs> so I, I was just, I, I was more baffled than anything else. I wasn't really like, I wasn't up in arms about it. I wasn't like intrigued by it. I was just like, well, that was weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know this match existed until, I mean, it, probably reading reviews of just old WCW pay-per-views mm-hmm. again in like 2002 or some or 2001 or something, probably earlier than that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what to make of it for a long time. I I can't imagine, you know, the Dave Meltzer's of the world um, held this in any high esteem at the time. I mean, this may be like a, a negative star Dave match for all I know. Um, he was, he was pretty quick to, to bury a match with those negative stars back then. Um, so, I mean, which, you know, it's sometimes it's its own reward. Um, but anyway, we, we couldn't listen on a, on a dedicated Halloween Havoc podcast where we've already talked, um, about a lot of memorable Halloween Havoc matches. I think we've done a good job on this show, uh, really, uh, I mean, when you look at what matches we have talked, there's mm-hmm. there's some good Havoc representation in oh, our back catalog. Um, but have, this having not come up already, it, it just it has to it has to happen here. I could I not do it. I agree. It, this this, right. is, this is at least as worthy of of mention as as the the first appearance of the Yate. The Yate, Ooh, right? Yes. Which, yeah. I mean, Cannot be that. talked in any way. Yeah. The monster truck challenge, the yes. monster truck pull, yes. uh, sumo monster truck mm-hmm. challenge. Excuse me. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it's a lot to love. All right. Well, that's two out of three. So, uh, Greg, it is it is up to you to take us home. Uh, you, know, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you like to save the best for last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In, sure. this, 
quite the opposite. <laughs> just save the last for last. And uh, <laughs> the last for last. <laughs> chronologically, we get to 1992, and we get to my pick, my bright-eyed pick of, uh, you know, I, 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 much like you guys, we were. I was trying to, I was trying to think of a, a Halloween-appropriate, you know, choices. I didn't want to just pick great wrestling matches from Halloween Havoc. I didn't want to pick just a, you know, grudge match from Halloween Havoc. I wanted to pick something special. You know, we have the Thunderdome cage match. We have the the Chamber of Horrors match, and and I thought, well, well, sir, why don't we spin the wheel and make the deal? Yes, sir. And so felt like gambling, did you? I did, I did. I I, I bet twenty two, and and oh, I got twenty three or whatever, whatever the whatever the thing is. Yeah. Legends of Wrestling, but uh, that brings us to nineteen ninety two. And they built the Cowboy Bill Watts regime of WCW. Certainly, <laughs> Tim oh. loves Bill Watts. Oh. Certainly a unique time in our industry. And uh, and this brings us to the the shocking, <laughs> the shocking arrival, almost as shocking as his quick departure, uh, WCW arrival of Jake the Snake Roberts as he as he has recently attacked the the mighty Sting and 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 left him laying. Uh, with with a, with a vicious attack to set up this brutal grudge match, this spin the wheel, make the deal challenge for Halloween mm. Havoc 1992. It's going to be not just any match. It's going to be a lights out match, a lights out, unsanctioned, spin the wheel, make the deal extravaganza to settle the differences between Jake Roberts and Sting. And, uh, and, and the snake has appeared and he's attacked Sting and Sting doesn't know why he's attacked him. Uh, that's the backstory. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, that, that's the backstory. <laughs> anyway, so at some point, I don't. I didn't get replayed on this show because why would you replay a, a, a <laughs> video for your match? Anybody, why this is happening? But I remember, just pure memory, that there was a, a mini movie that uh, that featured Jake Roberts and Sting meeting at some seedy underground bar, and that's where the challenge is made to spin the wheel and make the deal. <laughs> And, uh, and and so is that on YouTube? It has to be. Okay, it's not on YouTube. Yeah, it's on Peacock or one of those gimmicks. But uh, but it should be on every streaming service. <laughs> but uh, at one point in the middle of the show, there's an announcement from Gary Michael Capetta that it's time <laughs> to spin the wheel and make the deal. And as he announces it, and the competitor that will spin the wheel and make the deal is. <laughs> And so Sting comes out with his music, and everybody cheers, and then he has to stand there. Instead of coming out and wrestling like the fans think, hey, it's Sting. He's going to come wrestle. No, he's going to stand there for approximately <laughs> 35 minutes while this giant wheel slowly rises from beneath the stage. And then the wheel apparently can't rise high enough, so a stagehand has to come over and manually pick the wheel up into its proper position. While Sting stands there looking on, baffled, and, uh, and at one point, and at one point, Jr. is trying to kill time. So Jr. says, uh, he says, uh, "Well, Sting's been Sting's been losing sleep. He's been thinking about this match all weekend. All thinking about the the, the, the prevails of this match." And Jesse Ventura goes, "Well, what good does that do? He doesn't even know what the match is going to be yet." <laughs> and Jr. goes, well, "Let's get back down there." <laughs> so so they go back down. And then it's time to spin the wheel. And by spin the wheel, I don't mean actually spin the wheel. I mean pull a lever, a giant red lever 
that somehow right. causes the wheel to spin at a right. rapid, rapid rate. And on the wheel, I should mention to everybody that might not know, the, the wheel has a bunch of different match stipulations on it. And whatever match stipulation the, the wheel spins and lands on is the match that will be had in the main event between Jake Roberts and Sting. So anyway, the wheel is spinning, and boy, is it spinning. It is just a <laughs> spinning and a spinning. And at one point, the announcers both say, or, or J- Jesse Venturi goes, it's starting to slow down, Ross. And he goes, and it's not, by the way. It's going the exact same as <laughs> going. And then, Jim, and then Jim Ross goes, it is slowing down, Jesse. And again, it was not slowing not. down, going the exact same speed. And then it just suddenly stops. And it stops on not the cage match, not the barbed wire match, not the not the casket match, not the falls count anywhere match. No, 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 no. Of course, why would not you even the Prince of Darkness match? Come not on, the Prince of Goddamn Darkness match. <laughs> Where would you want it to stop? If you want to really excite and entertain the crowd in 1992, you stop it, of course, on the coal miners glove match. Oh, and, and the that's pretty much Sting's reaction. That's also the crowd's reaction. Because yep. the crowd, I can tell you how the crowd responded because I was the target audience. I was eight years old and the biggest Sting fan in the world. My reaction when I rented the VHS tape was, what is a coal miner's glove match? Now, what in the hell is a coal miner's glove match? What is a coal miner's glove? Now, the audience has no response to this whatsoever. They're like, what? what? Uh, I had to watch this video. Coal Miner's glove match. So so Sting Sting finally, like, he walks off backstage, and he's like, all right, and they're like, he's ready for the coal miner. Then they go to the announcers, and Jesse explains, well, if you don't know what a coal miner's glove is, uh, it's a glove from a coal mine. (laughs) And if you hit the guy with it, it'll hurt him. So, uh, it's covered in coal dust. So, so this sets it up, of course. That's <laughs> mesothelioma, my mate, waiting to happen. <laughs> waiting to happen, Jim Ross. <laughs> By God, you don't want to get the black lung, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, so they go to the. That brings us later on in Halloween Havoc '92. That brings us to our main event of the evening, and it is indeed Jake Roberts coming down to the ring. No snake, no bag, just himself coming to the ring, and he's ready for Sting, and Sting comes out, and they all cheer. Everybody's happy. Hey, it's Sting, and he gets in the ring, and they start wrestling. And, oh, what is a coal miner's glove? I should probably mention that. Coal miner's right. glove is a gigantic uh, barbershop-like pole that is hung up in the corner about 20 feet in the air, and yeah. on top of it is a coal miner's glove. And if you retrieve this coal miner's glove, it's got magical steel properties about it. It's to punch and injure your opponent with one strike or what have you. However, however, it should be noted. It should be noted, however, that retrieving the coal miner's glove is just optional. Oh yeah, you don't have to be the guy with it. It's you don't this is called a coal miner's. This is called a coal miner's glove match. But really, what it is, it's a, it's a. Insert thing on a pole match is all it is. Yeah. It's like you know all this, like the nightstick on a pole match with uh, with boss man and nails. It's it's not like you have to hit the person with it in order to win the match. It's just it's there. You can it's it's a source of temptation. You can go for it and inflict maximum punishment or maximum mesothelioma. Uh, As Jesse Ventura puts it during commentary, it's a it's just an option. 
It's a heck of an option, but it is just an option. Yes. You could just pin or submit. It's your- it's just a random thing on a pole match. It, it's not like a ladder match where you have to retrieve the thing in order to win the match. It's just there. So, uh, you know, Cole Miner's glove match. Oh, that's like that's a Cole Miner's glove. And it should also be mentioned that much like the legendary the legendary Carson City silver dollar match, which uh-huh. brought another show, the pole is so high that I don't <laughs> think Nick Roberts could have climbed it, even if he had tried. Because you have to climb it like a tree. Well, Sting yep. got all that ass power. That's the only reason yeah, exactly. you climb it. So, uh, anyway, they have the match, and it's just a match. It's just a regular wrestling mm-hmm. match. They, mm-hmm. They're wrestling each other, and it's okay. It's fine, I guess. And uh, and uh, Sting is trying to get revenge for Robert hitting him. And so Sting is working on Jake's arm, uh, as you do to somebody that's hurt you. And uh, he's... he's <laughs> into the pole. He, did, so he pull, pulls him through the pole and all that stuff. He's hurting him and all that. Jake gets the advantage. He does the Jake offense. Uh, it's a very kind of heatless match. It's not very yeah, interesting to it watch. Is. It's, uh, Jake, Jake clearly is not uh, – I'll just say Jake doesn't appear to be very heavily invested in what he's doing. <laughs> and who can blame mm-hmm. him? It's a coal miner's glove match, for right. fuck's sake. So <laughs> – uh, this match just goes on. It's not that long, in fairness, but it feels long. And uh, and and they they finally what happens is Sting's got him down. He's got the advantage. Oh, I should mention at one point Jake hits him with the DDT. Yeah, which gets a pop because it's the DDT. And Sting yeah. rolls out to the apron, and then Jake starts to climb the corner where the pole is. And then Sting, seeing Jake climb, has to get up off the canvas probably quicker than I would like. Yeah, the DDT yeah. In order to stop Jake from. Killing himself. Yes, <laughs> killing himself by attempting to climb this barbershop pole in the corner. And uh, and while this is hap- this is happening, he throws Jake off the rope, and then and then here comes Cactus Jack, who had an alliance with Jake for the brief time he was there. And Jack is bringing a bag with him, and he throws the bag into the ring. And at the same time he does this, Sting is climbing the pole and grabbing the coal miner's glove. Jake opens the bag, and it's got this little tiny snake in it. And he pulls out the snake. He's got his snake glove on, which is totally different from the coal miner's glove. Very confusing to an eight-year-old child, I can tell you. And he picks up the snake with his glove. And then for reasons that I still can't ascertain, the snake bites Jake in the face. Yeah. And 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 uh, at first, Jake pulls it off and then puts it back on his face. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, Jake forces the snake to Thank bite him in the face. Yeah. After and then, much and then, effort. Much and effort. Then allegedly, allegedly, I don't even remember this happening, but apparently, according to commentary, Sting hits him with the coal miner's glove, and he falls down with the snake attached to his face, and Sting mm. pins him. But again, the concern is not necessarily the coal miner's glove; it is the snake that has attached itself. In his it body. is the cobra that has bitten this man in the fucking face. I don't think Sting <laughs> is going to do much, you know. Yeah. So. So, so Jake has got blood coming out of his face. The snake's attached to it, literally attached to his cheek now, and he's rolling around. And Sting's standing like, "Well, that's not good." And, uh, and Jake rolls outside the ring, and and uh, and Jack Cactus Jack comes out, and he goes, ah, ah, "Somebody help me!" <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and then uh, Jack falls over because he's scared of the snake, and 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 Jake is, you know, the venom is getting to him as he's standing up and staggering in the aisle, and he's coursing reaching, through his veins, coursing through his veins, much like. Much like you might say the turntables have turned after how he had done to uh, Randy Savage just a year exactly. earlier. Yes. And, uh, right. and so Jake has been poisoned by his own, hoisted by his own petard, I've heard it said. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
by someone. And and Sting walks over to the announcers at one point and says a bunch of stuff you can't hear because why would they want to pick up the words of their star on the on the microphones? But it sounded something to the effect of, "Hey, they need to get an ambulance for him. Somebody needs to help him. He's got a spade taken off of his face." But more importantly, he got hit in the face with a coal miner's glove. God damn it! I didn't mean to hit him that hard with the coal miner's glove. So. We've got black lung and snake venom in his body. Sting should have tried to beat the snake off with the coal miner's glove. Listen, right. if he would have beaten the snake off, that would have gotten them kicked off the air, I'm pretty sure. Well. But, uh, but uh, no, so, so you got you got Jake Roberts, who's left this match. Uh, he's supposed to be the heel, but he's left the match with black lung, with <laughs> snake venom running through his body, probably, you know. To me, it, it it really puts them in a bad bind with their, their top baby face because you know you don't want to yeah. cheer a guy who just hit a guy with a coal miner's glove. <laughs> For God's sakes! <laughs> well, at that. least he was trying to get him an ambulance. Yeah, that's true. Sting was concerned enough about him to say, "Hey, we need to get him an ambulance and get the snake off of his face." Do you guys think that um, in a match where the uh, the finishing spot is? Once again, a man getting bitten in the fucking face by a venomous reptile. Maybe you're bearing the lead by saying, Oh, watch out for the coal miner's glove. <laughs> Once again, it's just there. You don't have to fuck with it, you know. You sure don't. You I don't mean, have to. They, they built the whole match about trying to climb this to get this glove. But, like, you and know, and you're going to die of a snake bite instead. <laughs> look. look. Do you like do you like the electrocution or do you like the snake bite as a fish? Well, which is better? I would as a herpetologist, I, uh, I, I might I might like the uh, the snake bite better if he hadn't forced the snake to bite, to bite him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. If snake would have if a snake would have been a better worker. <laughs> yeah, look, this snake is snake, look. You can't trust a snake. They're always the, the, gonna be a snake. Yeah, that King Cobra that bit Randy Savage is an all-time, all-time uh, worker. Stiff worker, but this, yes. nonetheless. <laughs> right, exactly. This, one this, this uh, <laughs> left a bit to be desired. Um, First of all, he was undersized. Uh huh. The business, and and second of all, Adam Cole snakes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he he went into business for himself. He's not, He's he's just clearly not interested in in trying to help Jake get over. Didn't cooperate with his opponent. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Jake had to lead him by the hand, green as mm-hmm. grass. Even though good thing Jake's like, so good at selling, you guys. You know, he really Jake, carried Jake, it. Jake's awesome. Jake's great. Even 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 in this, which was kind of a to me a kind of sad era of Jake. Mm-hmm. This is still he's still such a great worker and a great like psychologist in this match. It's just, Mike, can we just have a fucking match? <laughs> right. I know, I know. We have to do all this other, and this is Cowboy Bill Watts, Mr. Realism. Mr. Oh we're not going to yeah. have mats at ringside, because that's for pussies. Mm-hmm. You can twist an ankle. We're not going to jump off the top rope, because that's for sissies. <laughs> we're going to hook them up. We're not going to give you vacations, because that's for wimps. Can I just say that um, the legend, the legend for many, many years is that WCW, because WCW is so stupid that they didn't gimmick their their wheel of fortune. No, they so gimmicked that 100%. They 
absolutely planned this. They absolutely was, planned this. That was the most. They might have told people. They might have told people. Oh yeah, that wasn't the plan. We didn't want to do that because the match sucked so much. They the might have tried person, to save face. The only That's pretty brilliant. The, the only person in the continental United States who would have wanted that match to be a coal miner's glove match is Bill Watts. The guy. Bill Watts. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean these people don't know what a coal miner's glove is? <laughs> right. God damn it. He has a list of his top, yeah, he's got like his top two favorite coal miners glove matches that, that he, uh, was thinking about going into this thing, no doubt. I mean, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where there's, because WCW did do so many stupid things, you're like, well, what's one more? But I mean, they absolutely planned this, um. Yeah. I refuse to believe otherwise. Well, and not because because the wheel didn't slow down; it just stopped on one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it just goes to show, even when you plan plan for these things, they still don't work out for the best sometimes. Um, I mean, I, in concept, I like the idea of Jake and WCW feuding with Sting. It's yeah, it's a good logical continuation of of his. Um, bastard heel character from the WWF. Uh, it, it feels like he hasn't missed a beat. Unfortunately, his physical condition has deteriorated so much, and his morale has probably deteriorated as, as well. Having to, I mean, wasn't the the rumor that he was coming? He made this big deal with Kip Allen Fry or whoever, and then by the time he started, Bill Watts had the book and was like, "No, we're not paying you that." Um, and money. Also, I hate you money. because I'm Bill Watts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so come on. And so, yeah, he he was not making he was not making the uh, the money that he was accustomed to, nor that he expected coming in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's he worked, you know, WCW with their janky cobras. With their janky cobras. No, is it any wonder we we. Don't see much of him again uh, after this. Certainly nothing on pay-per-view. Um, no, this is – I think he's only around yeah. for like a month after this doing house show house show loops with Sting and, and tag matches with Cactus. I was going to say, yeah, doesn't he do like a multi-man thing at a clash or something? Maybe. I can't recall. That may have been before. I feel like it's it's at the November clash. I don't know. Um Anyway, the, Jake will not be long for this world here in WCW. Mm-hmm. After the, I mean, the, he makes a big splash, and then that's kind of it. Um, well, they so. killed him. So. The quote they Bill killed him. Watts. Cole Myers love killed him. Mm. The quote Bill Watts: "It's tough business on snakes." All right, let's <laughs> go. <laughs> tough business on snakes. <sighs> so I will admit that, that, that maybe I don't know. It's hard because the Chamber of Horrors is just such a such a spectacular of the disaster mm-hmm. proportions, but this, this is the real turd buster of the week. I mean, this sure. Is, yeah. This is, yeah. This is, this is, I, this is one of those, like if anybody, I see so many people like, Oh, the Bill Watts era was actually great. No, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. There <laughs> might've been great stuff during it. And there was great stuff during it, but by and large, it was shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> 1982 gimmick matches that nobody in 1992 that was, of the age they were going after had ever heard of before in their lives. I, um, I recently rewatched this entire 1992 Halloween havoc for wrestling's chicken salad, a podcast you can hear right here on place to be nation wrestling. 
uh, very recently, and I mean, this is a brutal, brutal show. I know people have fondness for, for like 1992 WCW, and yes, there are some good matches in there. I would call them diamonds in the rough, largely because holy shit, is this a bad pay-per-view. And that, that main event is just the capper, just uh, the cherry on top of a real turd Sunday. It's, mm, wow. I, you know, I was, I was traumatized because I hate snakes. You know, I, I just hated mm, being mm. subjected to that. Um, if I had known that, I would have picked a different match. No, you wouldn't have. Well, then I would have picked this because I was leaning, <laughs> leaning towards picking just this. Just control so. me. It's fine. Well, I was leaning towards picking this before Greg, uh, okay. me, so it was, it was inevitable. It was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, but like, you know, give me an electrocution any day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. I love this. Well, I'll tell you, guys, this was, each of our three matches tonight, uh, featured Sting. So they we've did. officially, you can now say we've officially done two Sting episodes of talking WC. Not exactly the, the, the representation of his career, I would have expected. <laughs> well, but, uh, perhaps, that's, yeah. that's a good point. I mean, we could have done that 98 match with Bret Hart, which <laughs> is that much better than what we saw? Uh, not really. Or, or what was it? Didn't he do one with Vampiro that was a weird gimmick match? No Vampiro. Um, Vampiro. The, uh, the coffin. Oh, God. Gravity. I don't know if that was actually at a Halloween Havoc. I think that was at a, uh, like a bash at the beach or something. Oh, yeah. Appropriately. A graveyard match at the beach. At the of. beach, yes. Oh, yeah. sweet. Good God. Well, yes, this we... went exactly how I wanted it to. So. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky Susan is on. Susan. Susan. Yes. I guess, uh, am I correct, uh, 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 lady and gentlemen, that my upcoming, uh, the, the upcoming episode is my pick, the next, the next show? I believe so. Oh, very interesting. It is. Very interesting. Very interesting. I have, uh, thought this over and, and, and I'm really just kind of making up my mind in the moment as I filibuster now. Uh, about who I want to, uh, or what I want to make the, uh, the next episode about. <clears throat> and, uh, may, I, I hesitate to keep us too much. I feel like we've been in that late eighties, early nineties era for a, a little while now. And I say, why mess with a good thing? Because my selection okay. for our next episode is none other than Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, ah, yes. He's, been on my short list, so um, yeah, I, I can't believe we've made it this far without doing a Steamboat episode. It's a good, good pick. Good on you, Greg. Very good. Very good, yes. I like it. The Dragon, the, the, the yeah. I would say he shows up as much as Sting does in our, um, some of our <laughs> Yeah, that's it's weird that bit. he's, uh-huh, yeah. Which is but, um, I, good. I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll have a hard time finding. No, uh, and keep in mind, keep in mind, you don't have to stick to the cock anymore. In fact, you can stick it to the cock by uh, stepping outside and, and finding something, perhaps on 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 your YouTube's or your or your um, your daily motions. Anything that you know, as long as it's red, it's it's reasonably easy to find. I mean, let's not have people go on a scavenger hunt, but. Enough of this cock bullshit limitations holding us down, weighing us down. Absolutely. I, for one, I, for one, am hoping that, that Warner Brothers Discovery purchases the WWE content from Peacock 
and oh. so that, that time that the, the, the Time Warner Company can live on and, and and regain possession of its own intellectual property. Because who knows better what to do with its intellectual property than oh. Warner Brothers Discovery? Right, as they sell themselves increasingly to the uh, lowest bidder. It seems like mm-hmm. <laughs> a brand that circles the drain more and more each day. All right. Well, on that uplifting note, um, excited for. Um, I am very excited. Uh, me too. Yes. 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 I, I have a lot of dragon matches in my mind that I that I am a big fan of that we haven't had a chance to address yet on our show. So should be a should be a good time. Maybe we'll get a tag match thrown in. Who knows? It should mm-hmm. be a should be an entertaining one. Greg, mm. do you have anything that you would like to promote? Let me see. Uh. No, no, I do not. I, I have a, uh, I, I promote general health and well-being for all. Oh, good. I appreciate that. I like it. I like it. Tim, I know you promote, like, sadness and darkness. Um, <laughs> Always. Yeah, especially this time of year. Yeah, it's uh, the best time for sadness. Well, look, for more uh, great Halloween Havoc action, um, again, the wrestling's chicken salad here on Place Be Nation Wrestling. I was a special guest for October. We watched the entirety of Halloween Havoc 1992. It wasn't a live watch. We just did a, a review. And uh, spoiler, um, we were not fans of the show. And in fact, <laughs> our, our end of show awards will um, will have it placing rather high. And, and by that, I mean rather low in the uh, grand pantheon of shitty, shitty cards that have been watched on Wrestling's Chicken Salad. Um nice. So do check that out. We have a pair of uh, wrestling podcasts on this network as well. You and I, Jenny, mm-hmm. um, in addition to talking WCW, our other regular gig is PTB NXT. That is with Jacob Williams. So we'll have an episode of that coming up pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also did a podcast with you over on uh, the North-South Connection and that is called Freak Out Drive-In, your horror watch-along show mm-hmm. for, again, appropriately, month of October, all Freak Out Drive-In on yep. uh, every week. We, you get a new Freak Out Drive-In from the Jenny Physician, uh, so you can find that. I'm not going to say exactly what we watched yet. It, okay. it may not I have by the time. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but it's a good one. I think it's a good one. It's um, excellent. One of my favorites, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. That is on the North-South Connection. What else? I think that's going to do it. On social media, I am Syke68, C-Y-K-E-6-8 on Twitter. And uh, that should do it for me. All right. Thanks for oh, yeah. the – oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I'm G Phillips 8652 That's mm-hmm. it. And also on – I forgot to mention that earlier. So you can you can follow me on there if you want, and I'll follow you back. Oh, nice. Unless you're a bot. Yeah, unless right. you're a bot or unless a Russian bot. Unless you're some weirdo or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. no weirdos allowed. No, <laughs> Thanks for um for um Jesus talking plug about yeah plugging. That's the word I was. <laughs> I kept thinking pegging, and I'm like that's pegging some shit as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, freak out driving. Well, his great gray sweatpants. Yes, it is. <laughs> you get a little kinky. I'm very distracted by that, yes. And, uh, 
so all the free cab drivers have been really good. I've also been uh, a guest recently on an episode of Making Mount Rushmore, and we did um, 2000s movies, uh, oh. comedies, and um, action. Action. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that was a really fun show. And uh, also, Tim, you and I were guests with JT uh, with his At The Movies series that he's doing with uh, a range, a date range of movies. A very specific window of film, of comedy films, yeah. <laughs> we watched Napoleon Dynamite. That was fun. We did. We go back and, and watch that. Um, and then I'm on Jenny Position. If you have any steamboat uh, recommendations, you can shoot me some of those. I'd appreciate it, and uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. So long, folks. (laughs) All right.